The case is being made by some evangelicals for reparations. In other words, payment of money or, or the offering of benefits to blacks due to past slavery and segregation and other things that went on in the past against the, the forebears, the, the past generations of blacks. Is that idea of reparations, is, is that consistent with what the case being made here is of biblical repentance and restitution? Yeah, my answer to that, David, would be absolutely not. I mean, look, to to a great extent, the case being argued by many evangelical social justicians is based in a desire that the evangelical church, particularly those predominantly white churches that are and have been in the past associated with the Southern Baptist Convention, the SBC, a desire that they make atonement for their role in facilitating the practice of institutional discrimination against blacks through past slavery and other means. The bigger problem, however, and this is what no one wants to talk about, is that owning slaves was not exclusive to white people or white evangelical Christians. The fact is that thousands of free black men and women owned slaves in the 1850s and 1860s, and that includes in the South. So if we are to be intellectually honest about slavery and who owes reparations to whom, we need to discuss slavery holistically, not selectively. That said, now, to hold any person to hold any person responsible for another person's sin, what I call sin by proxy, mm-hmm. to hold any person responsible for another person's sin is wholly inconsistent with the teachings of Scripture. I mean, consider what Scripture says in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. Quote, the person who sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment of the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. Now, let me pause there and say this. I appreciate what Dr. Albert Moeller and Southern Seminary have attempted to do in releasing their statement on race and slavery uh, several weeks ago. However, the first millisecond that I became aware that that statement had been released, and it was one day I was on Twitter, and I saw that that statement had been released under Dr. Mueller's signature, the first thing I said to myself was, "Uh uh-oh, here it comes. Because I really don't think that Dr. Mueller nor Southern Seminary were prepared for the blowback that they have received subsequent to the release of that statement. You see, the problem with statements like that is that your best intentions are never enough. You can never satisfy the social evangelical movement. They will never be satisfied because regardless of what you intend to do in sort of bridging that gap of reconciliation, it will never be enough. They always move the bar. And scripturally speaking, what many evangelical social justices have attempted to do in making me a biblical apologetic for reparations, especially monetary reparations, and if you notice, all their demands for reparations are always monetary in one form or another. It mm-hmm. is always monetary. But what many of, of, of them are doing now within the evangelical social justice movement is they'll attempt to appropriate the account of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, verse 8, 
as an apologetic for reparations. But that would be a misinterpretation of that text, because this is the text where Zacchaeus responds and says, well, half my belongings I will give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone, I will repay them, I will restore to them four times as much. But here's the thing. First of all, Zacchaeus' offer was volitional. It was not coerced. Mm -hmm. Second, those whom Zacchaeus would have defrauded would have still been alive so that he could carry out the promised restitution. Third, it was Zacchaeus who determined the value of the restitution and the amount that was appropriate in light of his offense. So no, sin by proxy, as I call it, the holding accountable of a current generation of people for sins that may or may not have been committed three or four or five generations ago is not consistent with the biblical principle of repentance and restitution. Coerced repentance is not repentance. That's acquiescence. I can give in to your demands, and I can pay you the, rep- the uh, reparations, that, reparations that you're demanding, but that doesn't mean there's been a change of heart within me. I can still think of you in the same uh, sinful terms as I've always thought about you. So for anyone to think that monetary reparations, either cash payouts, student debt forgiveness, free tuition, if anyone is naive as to think that any of that will result in heart change, they're naive. Mm -hmm. Because it's the heart that is the root and ground of that divide in the first place. And how money is supposed to solve that, I don't know. We hope you gained from this short take of the Christian Worldview radio program. To hear the full program and further connect with this ministry, visit thechristianworldview.org. I'm David Wheaton.